Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Accelerators Group podcast. On today's episode, I have with me Caleb Leach. Caleb, thank you so much for joining. My man, Lenny, man, thanks for having me on. This is really cool. We get to catch up. We haven't seen each other in years we were talking about earlier. It's so crazy, but uh, it's cool, man. It's cool to see how you're doing. Yeah, you too, man. It's uh, it's great we could actually get to do this because, uh, man, I've just been so excited what you've been able to accomplish over these past few years. I really wanted to focus on, you know, the well, what, what you've been able to accomplish over the past few years, having moved out to Europe and started starting Europe's Elite, uh, and specifically in this episode, really just talking about, um, you know, people who, uh, you know, ha- might want to move somewhere to pursue uh, a business, a dream, or a relationship, or anything. Uh, I think it's really, it's a really hard thing to do, yeah. and <laughs> it's it's not easy. And yeah, we actually uh, met in Toronto, which was a place that we both uh move from home to go to but you were at yep. florida tech before you moved there yeah um but yeah i guess uh do you want to just talk about what you've done over the past few years with building up your elite and where you're at now uh yeah i mean yeah um to start i guess uh was in toronto 2016 2017 i'm originally from frankfurt kentucky so from going from kentucky to canada was already this like mind-blowing experience because I didn't even know there was football in Canada at the university level. I did not know that there were nice big cities in Canada. I was one of those ignorant Americans. I apologize. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, I don't think I knew anything about Canada until Drake came on the scene and kept yelling about the city of Toronto. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so. Drake and Justin Bieber. <laughs> Drake and Justin Bieber put the city on the map. But I'm like... <laughs> That might be bad because I'm an NBA fan and like I knew the Toronto Raptors existed. I just didn't know the city was the city. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went from there. Playing, my playing experience there basically uh, led me to Europe as I got to play university ball. had hopes of getting in the CFL. had a small tryout. We had some meetings or whatever. And that was it. Went over to Europe, played after playing one season there in Germany with the Monster Power Fighting Farmers, GFL2. Um, I just knew I didn't want to play anymore. I, just, I didn't have the same burn, the same itch as an athlete. And all, all the athletes out there know what that feels like, where you're really driven to get up early, go work out, try to do something to better yourself athletically. Um, and after that, I started a journey of trying to figure out what I could do outside of playing. Yeah, I, I took a trip to Japan, to Tokyo, was out there for a while, thought I was going to play. And I left Tokyo to go back to, to Austria to say, okay, let me not run from this idea of being something outside of being an athlete and see what I can really challenge myself to do. I knew I had skills in marketing. I knew I had skills in business development. I knew I had a passion for football. I knew I had a a great network of friends and coaches and players around the world. Like, how do I combine this? And a buddy of mine who started Europe's Elite, Evan Harrington, he saw my skills in business and was like, hey, man, work with me. What can we do? And then he humbly was like, look, you're really good at this. You're really, really good with scouting. You're really, really good with uh, business development. Can you take this to the next level? As he wanted to pursue his passion with coaching in the NFL. And he's, he's done it. He's, he's growing. So I thought that was really cool on him just to be like, hey, man, take this, build it up and go into your next phase. And basically that work with your elite has helped me take another step. And I earned a position as an area scout with the NFL's International Pathway Program. So yeah, that's a quick summary. 
Man, that's unreal. And um, it, it, it's funny how as an athlete, I mean, uh, I think there comes a time for every competitive athlete where you know it's just time to hang up the hang up the the cleats and um what uh, how did you find that transition going from competing to you know being being involved in other capacities man um i, I think it was a a, a full-on like I, I don't want to say identity crisis but i think it kind of was because <laughs> as an athlete you basically dive into this idea of this is who I am, this is how I have to live my life in everything you do with your diet, your clothes, your sleeping, uh, your sleeping habits, um, how you spend your weekends, so your lifestyle habits, all this stuff. And then when you stop playing or start thinking that that is coming to an end, you're like, wait, how am I supposed to live? Like I've gotten so used to being in the gym four to five times a week and pushing really hard at a certain level to where you don't even know what a chill workout feels like for a while. <laughs> you know yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like you got other friends who might not have been college athletes yeah. who are like oh yeah i just went for a run for 10 minutes and did a workout and you're looking at them like that was your workout <laughs> that, used to be, that used to be the warm-up so it's a real challenge um and you just, but you have to go through it and really discover like what are my passions and what makes me excited to get up in the morning? At least that's what I had to go through. And it took some time. It took years, I think. Yeah, I'd say it took years. And are you still hitting the gym, doing going for runs or anything? Or oh definitely. I'm getting yeah. I'm going to the gym after this. Like I, I still like to stay in shape. Well, it's just it's find it's almost like once you come out of being uh high performance athlete and competing yeah. at the college level and all that it's you basically are an athlete for life <laughs> in some capacity in some capacity that's not changing like once you've yeah. learned how to to keep a certain figure of your body and like have certain muscles that you like really enjoy like yeah i like how i look like this yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't fade <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't just go away like hey, i'll be a slop like no i don't i don't want a beer belly <laughs> I don't want my stomach over my knees. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to have the, I'm trying to have the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, as a skeleton, as a coach, and you know, once you can start giving back and helping out in other capacity, I think staying active gives you the ability to still relate to the athletes. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I know when I was an athlete, the coaches that looked the part, if you will that looked like they could still beat me in a race or, or bully me and slam me on the field, I just had a different respect for. So now that I'm the scout or I actually have been coaching in Austria as well, I definitely stay in shape and like pick with my players and like, hey, no, nah, I, I can still beat you if I wanted to. Like, yeah. I don't get it. Like, like, I can still go. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Let them know. yeah. See, with, uh, well, with track and field, I hope to be still sprinting at 40 45 years old and competing mm. it can still line up even if i'm coaching yeah. or officiating or you know being involved in other capacities i want yeah. to be able to do block starts and show them how to do it and compete oh, yeah. get out there compete oh. like tom yeah. brady now he's on he's on like tom <laughs> brady is doing something that we've never seen but i feel you like being 45 and you're talking to some 16 or 20 year old 
It's like, all right, man, let's get in these blocks. And you beat them out for the first 10 steps. Like, I still got it. I still got it. It'd be pretty cool. Man, it's, uh, and feel like I'm in the best shape when I'm in the training too. And I, you must feel the same way. Just overall, it's makes you be- feel better throughout the week and just as a high performer, but it does. Uh, but Caleb, so moving, so you moved from, you're originally mm-hmm. from, um, Kentucky. Yes. So moved to Florida, yep. moved to Toronto yep. and moved to Europe. Yep. For anybody that's thinking about moving somewhere to pursue their uh, dream or maybe just for another opportunity, what, yeah. what are some things that helped you, you know, um, really get settled in and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, spend lengthy periods of time in, in these places that were away from home? Oh, man, um, I think there's, there's three parts. And uh, the first one that I leaned on that I really learned that this is probably the biggest one or the base of who I am was my faith in, in Christ. Um, because when it's just me or, or I felt like it was just me and I was completely alone, I had no answers. I couldn't pick up the phone and call anybody else. That prayer time, that time where I needed to talk to someone. And for me, it was, it was God. I, I could pray. And it wasn't just praying like and just speaking the whole time. It's like, you really have to listen and really take in whatever that message is after yeah. you pray, right? Because uh, a lot of times as Christians, we'll pray and like, man, God, I need this and I need that. And well, this is happening and this is happening. I don't like this and I want this to change. And I want, I want, I want, I want. And it wasn't until like I really learned how to listen, like really just mm-hmm. like be still and listen in that where my entire mind switched. I wouldn't worry about certain things. I wouldn't concern myself about certain things. Uh, some friends would say like, oh man, you just don't care. It's like, no, it's not that. It's just, I know I don't need to freak out. I, don't, I know I don't need to add stress to myself because it's not going to do anything, especially if I prayed about it, especially if I have faith about it. And that's when you really like understand if you have some faith, right? Like if, like most of us or a lot of us, when we first start to explore our faith in, in the world, and for me, it was in Christianity, you're like, all right, this is what I believe. But until it's tested, you really don't know like what you believe and how much. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing for me. It carried me through everything, <laughs> like through through every like low point financially, uh, it with business, with friendships, uh, missing loved ones, whatever. Like that was the biggest thing. That that it was huge. Man, that's, well, that's really encouraging to hear because I know that was one of the ways that we kind of yep, got connected as, as, as brothers and, um, you know, seeing how solid you are in, in your faith and, uh, you know, going through and moving out and um, having the courage and all that to do th- these things. Uh, it's really encouraging and, and inspiring. Um, and I know I that's something that when you have that firm foundation, it's, yeah. you know, you'll go through trials and everything, but um, if you got a solid foundation, you got your grounded in Christ. Yeah. You're like, you're un, you're unfazable in a way. Like, yeah, I might've lost a hundred dollars. I might've lost $20. I might've lost $300, whatever, but like, Hey, something's going to come back. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to bounce back from this. You learn how tough you are. You learn how strong you are. You learn how to grow in uncomfortable situations. That was another thing that, moving helped me right like I, I learned that to really grow you gotta you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable I think a, a teammate in 
Florida said that in the locker room one time. And he was just talking. Like, <laughs> he was just talking. And I think we were trying to get through sprints or something. I'm pretty sure it was, we were trying to get through sprints. And he was just jawing so we can all get through sprints. But he said it. And it stuck with me for life. Like, yeah, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable in order to get better at everything, whether you need to learn how to be more social with people, learn a new language, improve your business, improve a, a skill on the track or on the field or in the classroom, whatever. You just have to be able to take yourself out of that comfortable situation, normalize being uncomfortable for a moment and know that there's growth at the end of that. Cause it feels so good. Like, oh man, this, this wasn't comfortable. But then when you accomplish it, you're like, hmm, this, this was nice. You know what I mean? Man, it's having that perspective is yeah. really life changing. Yeah, yeah, it it it'll it just helps you get through, and not as if you're just supposed to go through life with through the, through the motions or anything, but when you're having the tough days in business, in school, in sports, and you're like, man, I don't want to do this, and I, and anyone who says they don't have the tough days, you're lying. Like we all have them, um, <laughs> and we all have had a moment where you're just like, I, I'm done screw it. I'm over. Um, but once you have that part of your mindset that says, I'm just not going to quit. I'm not giving up. I got to see this through. It changes everything. It changes everything. And it helps if you got a community around you too. It, that part is major, like yeah. having a good friend to talk to and support you and just kind of encourage you. Those, those, 100%, those are games. 100%, yeah. man. Like if you don't have that circle around you or that support team. So like if, like you and I, like every time we would connect, it's like, hey, how you doing? And then I remember we would follow up, follow up after that question. It's like, how are you really doing? <laughs> like, what are you going through? Are you going through something? It's cool. You can talk about it. Um, that support system is that's huge when you when you talk about moving. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's um, <clears throat> well, it's it's being in a new city and being in a new place and seeing new people and getting plugged in to new things is uh it's it's a challenge and uh but one thing that's consistent throughout it all if yeah you're grounded in faith it doesn't matter where you go or what the situation is and uh yeah so that's your that's the big big yeah. item that helped you get through moving oh yeah, yeah that's that yeah and everything else is just that <laughs> Yeah, everything else was just a little add-on, but like yeah. the, the, the foundation, the big thing, the like the main thing was that faith. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. And uh, so, so now with Europe's elite, mm -hmm. what um, with the with the athletes that you're working with, is mm. there a certain? Can you just dive into a little bit more about the? Uh, type of athlete and like the age group of the athletes that you'd be working with in terms yeah, for of sure yeah. um so europe's elite for, for those who don't know it's a uh, news and media website specifically for athletes aged 14 to 20 who play american football in europe and australia we use this website to highlight athletes who play in the game who potentially want to go play high school football in the u.s play college football or maybe even one day want to shoot for the stars and play in the nfl or the cfl and of course, just guys who just love the game of football because American football outside of the U.S. is not the most popular sport. So everyone who plays the sport 
tends to have to explain to their, their friends, like, hey, what's the sport you're playing? Why do people wear pads and run into each other or wear all these helmets and go and smack each other in the head and, and all this stuff? And people think we're crazy because you're like throwing your body at each other, right? But football is this huge community because it's one of the only sports where you need all 11 people to do their job so we can be successful for one moment and you need to do that multiple times to be successful for a small period of time that leads into the game, right? So it's a great life lesson. It's a great game that teaches you a lot of life lessons at all ages. But with Europe's Elite, we run a lot of camps. Uh, we host a lot of uh, different events like coaches clinics, um, 707 tournaments, um, just day camps, week-long camps, uh, college development courses. And we use that to give these kids a platform to enjoy. And it's become really, really cool. We got this, these big profiles for all these kids, all these player profiles. And we make these rankings of like top athletes who are going to different universities or uh, just playing the game itself. For example, the number one ranked athlete in Europe uh, for the class of 2022 just committed to Ohio State University. His name is Hero Canoe. He's from uh, South Germany, but he played some high school football in California in 2021 and he tore it up like the kid's really really good i mean he's going to ohio state ohio state's like yeah. one of the best yeah right um and there's more there's, there's tons more there's another kid theo Milan from uh sweden he's going to texas a&m uh linus zonk from germany as well he's going to go to vanderbilt with his high school teammate darren agu from the uk he's going to vanderbilt there's so many of these athletes and the crazy thing is in north america we normally don't hear about them until they make it on the pro scene or until they make it yeah. to the big college. So Europe's Elite is designed to give them a space to be heard of in the moment. Man, that's awesome. Because there's, I mean, just in terms of the, you know, the population numbers alone, there's got to be talented football players there. Yeah, man. And, and they just need that exposure. And that is so sweet to see that uh, you've been a part of creating that opportunity. Is it, it, you know, a few years ago, or I, well, I don't know what the recruitment scene was like before that, but it, it was likely very challenging. It was very challenging. I mean, if like, if you go back to 2016, even, which is now six years ago, that's not that far. Um, athletes, the most common route you would take would just go straight to a high school. If you could get in, hopefully you got a student visa and you pray if you got noticed, you know, uh, or before that, it was the whole exchange year, like, hey, mom, dad, I want to do an exchange year in the U.S. or Canada, and I'm going to play football if they have a team. So it was a very uncommon thing to hear about kids getting to college football. There are a number of other characters in, in Europe or in the international space who have definitely helped these athletes get to the where they want to go, and they're different. And they have recruiting services and things, and that's great for them. They signed up for those services, and some of those services have done a great job uh, for what the kids pay for. We've just used Europe's Elite to be that source of information, that source of news. Like, hey, you don't have to pay for anything. We just want to tell your story, gain some exposure, allow you and your friends, family, and fans to enjoy this space. And like even have the small fun conversations like my team's better than yours and we're never going to play each other or my uniforms are cooler than yours and you're never going to see them in person, whatever. But it's fun. Yeah, that's like that's that's the biggest part of it is that it's fun. And man, like I, I'm just thinking about 
so there's all these athletes in Europe. And I mean, there's talented athletes all over, but based on the athletes that you've seen um, mm -hmm. that have made it the most successful, whether they're in Europe or the US or Canada or other parts of the world, mm. what outside of just raw talent, I mean, you can't, you, you can't train just pure talent. Um, yeah. But what, what are some of the biggest success factors that you see uh, in, in these top athletes? Their ability to learn. Their ability to learn very fast, too, because not only are they learning the game, like the, the sport of American football from some foreign place where it's not normally played, most, of, most times they're learning it in a second or third language because most of the coaches that come over and teach them are American or Canadian. And they're teaching this sport in English, meaning this athlete from Sweden, this athlete from Norway, from Croatia, from Serbia, from Austria, Switzerland, whatever. Like he doesn't speak or she doesn't speak English first. They have their own native language and they're learning the sport and they're learning the language and they're picking up the culture of the sport and the culture of America all in one. That's impressive. That is very, very impressive. impressive to do that within an hour's time. And then say, okay, I want to be competitive with this. And then they go and teach their friends back in their native language. I'm like, I don't even know if some of these kids know how cool that is. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> really cool. That is really cool. So then some of them who get the opportunity to go play high school football or college football, they get in those systems and they've been so used to learning in that fashion and using their brain in a different way. They pick things up very, very fast. It's impressive. I, I commend a lot of them. Like, I know any any athlete I've had who's had to listen to me speak with my country accent at times has definitely stared at me funny. And if they still understood it, wow, you you, you have a gift. <laughs> you have a gift, my friend. So, so ability to learn. Yeah. Ability to learn. Yeah. It's like, and I mean, anyone who really just in, hones in on that, like whether you're from Europe or from North America or South America or Africa, or wherever that may be, when you've embraced this idea of getting better and just learning constantly, you tend to be good at something, right? Yeah, it, you know, the way that you're kind of talking about, talking about that, it almost seems like that applies to just life in general too, yeah. and business and, you know, because um, things are gonna go wrong, your yep. plan, might not execute the way you had planned and oh. <laughs> and you, there's more than one way that you could handle that situation and yeah on the entrepreneurial side what i've seen is the most successful people oftentimes right before they hit that part of the success in their business things mm -hmm. might have looked pretty dark <laughs> they may have been underwater for a while not necessarily just financially but just mm -hmm. things might not look good for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, nah, like you hit it right on the head. Anybody who's been, I said this to another uh, friend of mine, anyone who's a true entrepreneur or a true first-time business owner, or even second time, if you are one of the few, like, one percenters who was just like, oh, man, it worked right away, congratulations. But majority of people, it just doesn't work that way. This stuff takes time. And time doesn't mean days or weeks. Like, we're talking years of development and trying to fix it and perfect it. And there is a period where you don't make money 
you don't have a big accomplishment that you can show off to your friends. A lot of your accomplishments are very small, like, okay, someone responded to the email today <laughs> or, <laughs> or someone finally just gave you a compliment that came to your DMs like, hey, you do a good job. Yeah. Like someone just said, you're doing a good job. Like that's an accomplishment. But most yeah. days you don't get that, right? And you just have to decide like, okay, I can't give up. If, especially when you believe in what you're doing and you've prayed about what you're doing and it seems right. Like, all right, I can't give up. Don't quit. Just You just gotta keep going. And eventually it works. Yeah, you gotta take the small wins. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is, you know, things usually take a lot longer than we were expecting. And sometimes it's hard to see the progress of how, how things have been going. But, yeah. you know, really just celebrating those small wins, even if it's as good as, you know, one feature, one new thing that you saw, even if it's not where you wanted it, but just appreciating the, the process. And I mean, as athletes, we know that, um, like when I, when I started training for track and field again, mm-hmm. um, last year, I knew that I was, I knew I needed about a year to get mm-hmm. back into it. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't going to be an overnight thing. And I just know having done track for a number of years that it takes years and years to reach your peak and all the athletes at the Olympics or wherever they've been doing it for years. And whether that's, you know, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years depends, but um, yeah. And that's the same approach I've taken to entrepreneurship over these past couple of years is just, you know, not getting too caught up in the day to day and looking more big picture and just creating a, culture of entrepreneurship in, in terms of my friend circles and yeah. not, not doing it alone. I think that's the, that's the most important thing. I agree. Like when you're trying to do it alone for a long period of time, sometimes you can be one of your, your biggest uh, criticizers and one of the biggest people, one of the main people hindering you from growth. Cause whether you think you're right all the time or you're wrong all the time, there's something you're not learning. So again, you got to have, that circle of friends or community that just helps you get better on the day to day of like, Hey, maybe you should change that. Or you're doing a really good job with that. Keep doing it. Or, Hey, you need to improve with this because this is what's worked with me, especially with entrepreneurship. Like you have another friend who's running a pizza delivering business, you know, whatever it may be, but like you see something's working for them and like one small conversation about how it worked or how they set something up just inspires you to do something different for yourself. It's really important. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like moving to pursue that is it, that it's one of, I think it's one of the hardest things to do. And I mean, um, like if you were gonna, as a, you know, somebody who's moved away, uh, you know, to Florida and uh, to Toronto and Canada and then to Europe, like what, what advice would you give somebody who is thinking about moving somewhere for school or for uh, to pursue something? My first advice would be don't second guess, jump, do it. Just like, just do it and go. Cause there's definitely a moment of uh, doubt or fear or, or nervousness that will creep in your head and say, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. 
it might go wrong. I might fail. I won't be cap, uh, comfortable. I won't be happy. Uh, I won't have enough money. Like all those things are possible a hundred percent and they're going to present themselves. But like when you just go for it and you just jump with faith and like, it's like, all right, man, I'm going to do this. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> like, I hope it makes a little sense, but there's going to be part of you. It's like, man, this is not right. When it, when you hear the thing that says this is not right. Okay. Listen to that. But when you're hearing something that says, I'm just a little scared, you'll go for it because you're going to grow. And that's most often when you actually accomplish the things that you once doubted and when great things happen. That's my, my biggest thing is like, just, just go. Buy, buy the plane ticket, get in the car. Yeah, just whatever. Go. Just go. do it. Because like, yeah, like you experienced it. When you left Saskatchewan to go to Ontario and Toronto specifically, like it's a, it's a culture shock for a moment. It's like, whoa, we don't, we don't even speak that way or dress this way or talk. Like, I don't do any of these things. But then you learn so much about that community and yourself that you wouldn't learn in your current state. So you got to go. Man, and, and looking back, it's like you said, it's um, I, I think there we almost write out a, I think for a lot of things, but write out a script in our head of how things will go. And sometimes yeah. when that little doubt creeps in, it's like all these bad things that are going to happen if you go, but yeah, likely going to be different from how you plan, no matter what way you plan it. So you might as yep. well give it a shot. No, like if you. <laughs> If you write down a plan today that says my life is going to be like this, and like this every day, for the next 365 days. And on March 4th of 2022, I'm going to wear these clothes and be in this place in life with this much money in my bank account. It's like I challenge you that I challenge you that just to look at that date and I hope it happens the way you plan it. But most often than not, there's going to be a, a wrench in there and you got to adjust. You got to adapt. That's one of the biggest things sports teaches you. You are going to go in there with a plan. You've practiced that plan. You thought you sharpened it. You are ready. As soon as one person or one little thing that you cannot control, the uncontrollables comes up, you got to be able to adapt and keep moving. That's life. 100%. (laughs) It's literally like on March 4th of 2022. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I know what I'm going to be doing that day. I don't even know what day of the week it is. I don't know either. I don't know either. <laughs> but I would but, like to think that I'm shaking somebody's hand and yeah. making some good moves for myself and like just smiling. <laughs> That's what I like to think. But it very well could be March 4th, 2022. I'm just sitting in the room like, okay, how's this going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean um march 4th 2022 what Mm -hmm. things maybe maybe i'll be up in europe visiting man i don't know (laughs) kentucky i don't know man (laughs) kansas city like (laughs) it's pretty specific i know (laughs) yeah no i uh um man i i yeah i think the last time we actually hung out in person was in toronto in 20 at the end of 2017 so it's Had been, be, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a few years and uh, yeah, man, even for doing another podcast episode or anything, like you never know where it might, what might happen in the, no. in the next while. Never like, th- like, just think about that. Like we connected 
through Herbie Kuhn, who is the like anyone who's in Toronto, you need to know Herbie Kuhn for a number of reasons. One, he's well connected with everybody in the sports community. <laughs> Two, he's just a great man, great mentor, great father, great connector of people. And he helped us in, in a way that like speechless. He just he helped a lot of people in the same way of being who he is, expressing his faith, helping others learn how to express theirs, and just be a man in the city, right? After moving, like, hey, I get it. You moved here. You don't have a family. Here's my home. Come on in. Here's a meal. Sit with us. And I don't ever remember Herbie asking for anything in return, like, ever. I think he he asked me to help his his son, Inchla, like, like get dressed one day and show him some style. Like I think that was the only thing <laughs> ever. But nothing. No, he never expected anything. Ever. He's a good man. And he uh, really a guy. Once you get to know him, he'll change your life for yeah. the better. Yeah. And I mean, just as yeah. Um, well, I, I know he's mentored us both, and uh, it's yeah. Man, literally change like life changing, knowing Herbie Coon, and yep. yeah, maybe maybe that's what we need to do. We need to have a reunion in Toronto. <laughs> I'd love that. I I would love that. Toronto is still my favorite city in the world. Like I I really? adore. Yeah, man, I love Toronto because there was just so many different people and the different mixes of culture, but no one was judging each other. Um, Yes, it has its flaws. It's an expensive city. It's ridiculously expensive downtown. Doesn't make any sense. But Toronto summers, every weekend, almost every day, something was going on. And it was like a shame if you were sitting inside. Like, I remember it'd be sunny in the summer and I was working in the front desk at a gym and someone would come in like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm working. Like, go leave. Go do something. Anything. Get out. <laughs> but nah, I love Toronto. Great place. And it's a it's a beautiful city. And uh like man, I well I've been have, have you been back there since I haven't been back since 2017. So no okay. 20 so yeah, 2018 is when I left. So I haven't been back in about four years. I I stay in touch with a few teammates, a few friends. I miss everybody. Um no, I haven't been. When's the last time you were back? Yeah, I was there just this past fall, 2021. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, and uh, you, I've been going up once or twice a year, and um, there was a conference there uh, that I'd go to every December as well. Uh, or actually, I think it was well, either one year or two years. But anyways, yeah, I've been back. I've been back a few times and been to some more Raptors games and Blue Jays and. That's cool. All, all the cool Toronto stuff. And um, man, it's just a place like, I feel like I have to go there at least once or twice yeah. a year. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. And like, if, if COVID wasn't going on, yeah. I'd probably try to sneak my way up there soon. But I think they just went on another like small lockdown in Ontario. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a place you want to visit right now. Well, I mean, like I'm in Texas. And, and if anybody who knows anything about Texas, like some people would joke and say Corona is not existing in Texas. <laughs> but yeah, that's for a different topic. <laughs> well, man, it's uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was, was it tough being out in um, Europe during when, when the pandemic Ooh. first started? Oh, man, like, so one year away from home, and I think, so I flew back over at the beginning of 2020. First, I was in Mexico City from, uh, for Christmas, and I was enjoying that with my family. It was really, really cool. And I rushed out of North America, didn't see some friends, and I got over to Europe, like, all right, I'm back to work. It's going to be a great year. I had the whole year planned out in a notebook, just like we were talking about before. I had it all written out, like, man, it's going to be, I'm going to do this, and I'm going here. And I think it was around February, February to March, we started hearing about the coronavirus in Europe. And um, late February, bang, the Netherlands goes on a lockdown because the virus is spreading. And we're in Austria, which is a little far away, um, at least 10 hours plus on a car ride. And we're like, no way it's going to get here. We're, we're fine. Like, that's just Netherlands. Poof. All sports are canceled. We're going on a lockdown in two days. And I was super confused. I just got a new apartment in Vienna, Austria. Um, and I'm, I was really proud of that. I was like, oh, man, I've, I got my own place in the city. And like, I'm not just living in the team apartment. I got enough money to do this and all this stuff. I was really excited. And now I'm living in this apartment that I've, I don't even know my roommates that well. I'm paying extra for a place that I shouldn't even be paying for. And I don't have any work because there's no football, there's no sports. Like, what the heck is going on? And I'm literally just locked in the room. So me and home workouts became best friends because I had nothing else to do. And you were sitting in the little room with one window. I think I had one window at the top. Nah, it was not great. Um, luckily, our lockdown became a little lenient after about three to four weeks. So you could go on walks or an exercise and stuff. Um, so it was okay. You know, like it wasn't great, but it was okay. And then towards the summer, yeah, towards the summer is with the whole George Floyd case. Was that 2020? That was 2020, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that was 2020. And then that was made it even more challenging because now I'm away from home during a massive cultural moment in North America. And a lot of people where I, uh, where I lived at the time didn't really get it. Like some did. I mean, a lot did, but a lot didn't. Matter of fact, that day there was a huge march in the city. And I told my colleagues like, hey, I'm trying to leave so I can go to this march. And we just had youth practices like, hey, I'm about to leave. I'm going to this march. I don't need me here. And uh, I was like, oh, no, 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 we really might need you. And I was like, well, could you cover for me? I want to go to this march. And no one did. And I was just like, mm, maybe you don't get it. No, that does, I'm not holding that against anybody. But that was just a part of the challenge of being away from home that, like, I know this moment matters. And some people, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's part of being away from home where there's going to be a cultural moment that not everybody's going to get. And you just have to be who you are in that space, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, it's going to hit you. Hopefully you got a good community around you so you can go through that moment with someone. But yeah, it's a real challenge. It was a very, very challenging moment. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I know I, um, I was talking to uh, one of my friends that lived in Rome when they had their, like when they mm. got hit with, like Italy got hit and it was like, yeah, literally locked in the room and for, but then they had to relock down multiple times too. Yep. So it was, yeah, it's been, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I'm really hopeful for 20, 2022, but just <laughs> outside of the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, what, what's up for 2022 for you, man? What's on, 
I mean, uh, no, I'm actually, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, like you said, outside of the coronavirus, which is always a question mark around every plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm in Texas right now. Uh, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina the week before with one of my other brothers. And uh, I'm just getting to be home with my family and help them move stuff in their house or watch one of their kids or go to lunch with a grandparent that I haven't been able to do for the past four and a, four and a half, five years. Um, it feels really nice. Or like uh, another friend of mine in Europe, uh, Sean, we, we became pretty close and we were just sitting there talking like, hey, man, we haven't been adults in America. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I left America at the age of 21 and I'm 28 now. I haven't, like, I don't know the tax system. I don't even know how to get to certain cities and like the lay of the land, you know what I mean? And that's kind of crazy yeah. to think about of my own country. But um, coming up this year, I'm going to be in Arizona soon with our NFL, NFL International Pathway players for training. Uh, that'll be pretty exciting. Uh, then I know I'm going to work the NFL Combine in March. So I do know those dates, right? Um, what comes of that is to be determined. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of networking and a lot of just growth there professionally. Um, after that, I should be back in Europe sometime in March or April. We'll see. Uh, I still got some some obligations there with work, uh, with the team there, and with the Europe's Elite, of course. And then yeah. got some camps coming up in the summer. I, it kind of gets blurry after that. It's like, hmm, you just got to wait. And I'm excited to wait. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's a, a packed packed spring, man. I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm Thanks, really man. excited for you and, like, super excited. Everything you've been doing, Caleb, and, um, man, one one thing – if you had to give um, in in five words or less, Ooh. five words or less to uh, uh, somebody who wants to play football at call or mm-hmm. high school football or college football, five w- words or less, what would you say? Like they want to play, or like they're trying to find out how to get it done. Um, yeah. Oof. You putting a word limit on me. Um, always get better. Yeah, always get better. And try to listen. Oh, man, I went over my word limit, but still, that's the message. Just basically, the message there is always find ways to get better. Always find ways to get better. If you're doing that, if you're constantly committed to finding ways to get better, nothing's going to stop you. That doesn't mean you need to run like a 4-4 or 40. It doesn't mean you need to be like 6'5 and 250 pounds, whatever. But if you're just committing to being the better version of yourself and improving your skill sets all the time, the results will come. So just always commit to getting better. Yeah. yeah. Find a way to get better. Man, I like yep. that. I like that. Yeah. Like, because you, like, you can't, you can't, you can't mess that up. Like, you know, if you're getting better or worse, if you're sitting on your butt the entire day on your cell phone and scrolling or playing video games, you know, you probably didn't get better today. You know, if you got outside and practiced some new drills that you aren't good at or perfected the ones you are good at, you probably got better. Or if you just took some time to study online, whatever, do something, make, make yourself get better. Yeah, man. Um, I, I think one of the best things I did was cancel my TV subscription. That was, that's big. That's big. 
Yeah, I mean, it's cool, though, because now you, you realize, like, okay, I'm not wasting time just watching whatever, right? Yeah, well, uh, the only thing that now is the screen time. Um, that's the Ooh, next yeah. uh, <laughs> next thing to tackle. But um, Caleb, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do a episode of the Accelerators Group podcast. And I'm excited for what 2022 has in store for you, man. I, I actually just love saying 2022 because it almost feels surreal that we're in 2022 because <laughs> these last two years just flew by. <laughs> It does. I'm, I'm still saying, oh, yeah, it's 2020. Like, oh, no, there was, there was, yeah. a, a few, there was some time between that. So, <laughs> I feel you. No, man, I, thanks for having me on. This was cool. I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up again after so long. And it, it's cool that we've even stayed in touch. So I, I thank you for this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Well, God bless you this year. And it was great uh, catching up. And yeah, we'll definitely be staying connected and excited to Keep following what you're up to this year, man. Sounds good, man. Much love. Appreciate it.